Welcome back to another Youth Centered Podcast. I'm very excited to uh, have two great guests today, uh, two individuals that I uh, feel are friends as well as colleagues. Um, they obviously work in the school department. Uh, and today we're actually going to be talking about their outside of school interests in terms of uh, the track program. So uh, I first want to introduce uh, to my right, uh, DJ Sturdivant and uh, Steve Nugent. Uh, guys, thanks for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having us. Thanks for having us. Um, before we get started, we always like to, uh, as I always talk about North Anova's constantly a changing community. Um, we assume people know who Steve and DJ are, but maybe for those people that don't, can you give us a little history of who you guys are? Um, I grew up in North Andover, graduated from North Andover High in 97, went away for five years to UConn and have been back since the early 2000s teaching both at the Atkinson and now at the middle school. Um, tried to stay involved through sports and various other things and Steve was nice enough to bring me along to the track program. Nice. Steve? So my name is Steve Nugent. I uh not a townie, but I did move here in, in the third grade. So uh, with my family, my mom, my dad, my sister, we uh, both went to public school, graduated in 87, so I'm 10 years older than DJ. Went to St. Anselm for my undergraduate work, came back, coached the freshman soccer team here at the high school, my first fall out of college, uh, while I was working for my dad's plumbing company. And about five years into that, realized my happiest time of the year was when I was coaching at the high school. So went back, got my uh, graduate degree in, met my master's in counseling psychology, and uh, got hired as a guidance counselor here at North Andover High School. So right now, I'm the director of guidance at the high school, coach the track team. Um, my wife's name is Courtney, and I've got three children, Molly, Maggie, and Patrick. That's awesome. And you know, Steve, because you moved here in the third grade, like me, you will never be considered a townie. Uh, I'm now embarking on my 31st year and people still think I'm an out, out, out of towner. So, uh, but obviously you guys have been here a long time. Our topic today is a topic that uh, for people that know me real well, know it's something that I'm extremely passionate about. And that's um, culture and team building, whether it be in schools, outside sports teams and things like that. And um, I want to talk to these guys about, and I, I'm going on record with this, and I'll, um, I will debate this with anybody. Uh, no disrespect to any of our sports programs at the high school, but I, for a number of years now, that believe that the cross-country slash track team, we're going to include cross-country on this, has the best culture in the school system. And um, for me, it's been uh, eye-opening because when I came here in 1988, it was not cool to be on the track team. Uh, most kids were fighting to make, uh, say, in the wintertime, obviously, the basketball team or the hockey team. And in the spring, you know, there was soft, um, softball and baseball. And, you know, the option was if you got cut, go to track. And um, which I thought was interesting because I, I'm a track and field fan. I think it's a tremendous sport. Um, I used to even look at statistics of how many scholarships were left on the, the table for the track and field with kids that, you know, had actually put the time in, might even earned a scholarship. Over the years, I've seen that evolve, and uh, I've seen it evolve, obviously, in the last number of years with you guys in particular. And you're going to talk about a lot of other people that are instrumental in that. Uh, but now, now track is more than just cool. Um, you know, you've had amazing success over the years. I'm going to talk about the sustaining of the culture. 
um, the success you've had, just just following you guys on social media this uh, past couple of weeks, you've been at the Nationals and everything else, and kids are having great success, and we're, we're sending kids off to college that are going to compete athletically in track and field, and just pretty awesome stuff. So, guys, if you don't mind kind of just starting this off at the beginning in, in terms of you know, how you both got involved with the track program in, in terms of the culture stuff. Like, how did that all come about? Um, well, when I was in middle school, my mother started talking to me about, you might want to try cross country. And it was, her big carrot was to get yourself in shape for basketball. And basketball never quite worked out either. But I said, no, 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 like a lot of kids in sixth, seventh, eighth grade would do. And finally, I just said, you know what? to make my mother be quiet, I'm going to do it. And I came home every day for the first two weeks of cross country my freshman year crying, let me quit, let me quit. It would not have looked very good if the athletic director's secretary's kid quit a sport. So she didn't let me quit. And here I am all these years later now coaching it. Um, I was talking to some of our high schoolers not long ago, and I mentioned that our track program when I was in high school had fewer kids combined, boys and girls, than we have just in our high school distance program now. I think we had a total of about 45 boys and girls doing track my sophomore or junior year of high school. And now we eclipse that by a huge amount. But it was, it was something to get yourself in shape, something to do. It wasn't anything that you sought out. And trying to convince a friend to do it, you're better off telling them to go get a root canal. Sure. Steve, how about you? So, uh, my dad was a ran track, so I knew of track growing up, and I, and I always said, that, you know, you're, you're either going to get cut from a sport or you had a parent doing track, and that was the only way we were going to see you. Um, I, I think the, 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 the genesis of this movement really started about 11 years ago when Bill Varney and Dave Johns came up with an idea at the loft and approached Jack McManus, who was with the Boosters at the time, and the Booster Club helped uh, with Jack's help and, and Dave uh, Johns and Bill Varney. They created the first youth track program. And, and I really think, you know, that was the difference maker. So now 11 years later, you know, we've got 400 young adults, uh, student athletes in the youth program. And right now, as of registration today, we've got over 220 boys and girls combined registered for indoor, uh, excuse me, for outdoor track this spring. Wow, that's amazing. Um, you know, obviously, you know, we talked a little bit off air about feeder systems. So in all the sports, um, if you have some kind of a, and let's, let's even get away from the word feeder system, but offering the, the activity for kids at a young age is when they first get engaged. Uh, for, for those middle school kids that are getting involved with either our middle school cross country program or our middle school track program, um, what do you think their interest to do it is? Where, where does that come from? You know, it's funny, there's a lot of different reasons. You have the kids that are the really good athletes that just, they're looking for one more thing to help almost give them an edge. I have, in the fall with cross country, I have a lot of soccer players, uh, a lot of field hockey players who are just trying to build that endurance. And then you have the group of kids that don't really have something. Maybe they've tried a, a team sport when they were younger and didn't like it. Some kids are doing it to make friends. Some kids are doing it to get in shape. Some are doing it because their friends are doing it. Um, their reasons are all different, and the, the best part for me is seeing that all come together uh, over the course of the season. 
So when they end up getting to the high school, it's almost almost a natural progression that they'll maybe give at least indoor, outdoor, across country uh, some kind of an interest and see where it goes from there. So the numbers for me are mind-boggling. I told you off air, you know, going to a try. I was at a meeting at the high school, went in the gym, and I, I was blown away with how many people, would, you know, it was obviously a practice day. You weren't having a meet. Um, the amount of kids, and obviously you guys and, and some of the people that you've mentioned done an amazing job as far as getting the numbers up. But it's more than just numbers. I'd like to hear from you guys, like, what are some of the things that you do that you could say, you know, and I know you guys don't want to be patted on the back and everything, but, like, what are some of the things you do to build culture within that group? So the numbers are there. How do you build this culture where kids love being part of North Andover's track and field program? I, Rick, I think it comes down to relationships. I, I mean, it starts with our coaching staff. Uh, we've got an amazing coaching staff, and, and through our youth program, we've been able to double our coaching staff. So the high school pays for five. We bring in another five or six. So we've got 11 people on the coaching staff who we're all friends. We get along, and, and we care about each other. We care about our kids. The kids caring about each other. We, we talk about family first, you know, and right on, you know, whatever we post social media, whatever, it's, you know, family, school, and then the team. Um, so I, I think through the relationships we've created with one another, through that, just, you know, building those bonds. And I, I remind the coaches, I don't have to, but we talk about it all the time, is, you know, we're in the business to create memories. You know, if we, by chance, happen to build a, a league champion or a state champion out of that, then great. And, and that's happened a lot for us lately. But mainly we're in the business to build uh, to create memories for these kids that's what high school coaching or high school sports should be about um and again not it's not better than any other sport it's just different track is a unique breed and we can we can do that have some fun and have some success um where other sports it's a little bit more pressure to win mm-hmm. um you know there's one ball there's five guys on a court you know we've got a sport where there's 17 events Eight of them are going on at the exact same time and hundreds of kids competing with very few spectators. So it's, it's, it's unique in that regard. I mean, you bring up relationship building, and I talk about this a lot. And uh, I give the, the one guy I give credit for almost uh, coming up with that term is Pete Kincannon, our former uh, adjustment counselor at the high school who has since retired. Uh, but early on in my career, he taught me a lot about relationship building. And it's, it's clear that your program, and again, from pure numbers, definitely the amount of relationships that are being built is amazing. I'll go to the fact that um, we just had our deadline for summer job applications. And you would be blown away with how many people use track coaches as their, you know, the person that we should contact with. And you can tell right there, you know, obviously there's a real connection between the coaches. Um, you know, Sydney Pensavalli, who works for us, raves about her. You know, she will never give up track. And I don't think Sydney's going to the Olympics anytime soon. Uh, for her, it's an enjoyable sport. Um, she loves being here at the youth center. And, you know, she talks with glowingly terms about you know, what it's like being in that, in that program. In terms of some of your older kids, do you look to, you know, those juniors and seniors to help those freshmen and sophomores understand your culture? Yeah, I think we do. And it actually filters all the way down. There are, our high school athletes also help run our middle school programs. And just this afternoon, I have a group of some of our high school distance runners are meeting me at the middle school to take some of the middle school distance kids who just want to go for a run out for a run and take them through a typical practice and what that feels like so the and of those kids that are coming most are freshmen and sophomores so 
they went through that for a few years in middle school with the current juniors and seniors. That's kind of been passed on down to them. So I think just constantly passing that baton to use a track term, um, demonstrating what the culture is and this is what is expected. This is what we do. Uh, it, it, it filters down and I've already had eighth graders say to me next year, I'll be doing this with the seventh and sixth graders. Nice. That's good stuff. In terms of perception, Steve, I mean, I, I think I'm pretty adamant about that the perception has changed. Do you think overall within the school community um, and even in the community in general, do you think the perception of track and field slash cross country has changed over the years? I think it's definitely changed over the years. Um, is it at the same level that, you know, most of our high profile sports is at? No, no. It, it, and that's okay. I mean, I think for us, you know, for me and, and for most of the kids that we're involved with, they're not doing it for the attention or for that. It's nice to get the respect, but they're not doing it for that respect. I think that for sure it has grown. I mean, I, I back in the 80s, you know, just prior to you coming, that's when I graduated and it was no different then in, in DJ's time. It's really the, the last 10 years, and I think we can attribute it to this youth program. And, and I, I think the kids get a charge out of it. Just to piggyback on what DJ said, when our freshmen come in, they've, they've gone one, maybe three years of our youth program being mentored by these high school athletes. They come in and they ask us before we even ask them, can they, can they be a mentor now? Can they coach in our spring um, youth program? So I think that goes to you know into that whole building that culture. They, they understand coming in how important it is to give back and to be a good role model and, and to build those relationships with the younger group. Right. So we see a feeder program building up the numbers. Um, we see the culture that you guys have developed and, and a bunch of other people, obviously. Um, and then I've always believed if you have things like that, it does translate to performance. So from you guys' perspective, and uh, don't be afraid to give a shout out to some of our, our high profile, profile track and field people. How do you see that this culture that is built has translated to having more success Let in the sport, I think? I'll take the first crack just because I did. I, I looked at our record board before coming over here today and the one that's online and for the girls indoor track program who is having an amazing year and on the verge of several amazing years in front of them they're they're way on the rise our girls indoor track program has uh, about 30 or so records every single one of them has been set in the last 10 years wow. most of them in the last five years but for me you know that is all you need to hear about I know, whether or not this youth program or the culture has had an impact on success. Uh, boys program, it's probably two-thirds. It's about 24, 25 of the records out of the 32 in the last 10 years. So for me, that's, you know, we can talk about the numbers of kids we took to nationals, things like that, but um, the record board was what stood out to me. How about you, DJ? Um, no, to echo what Steve said, the kids are getting the exposure earlier as well, so they're seeing what they think they might be good at um, last week when you guys were down in New York at Nationals, I had it on my computer and was streaming it. And I had a bunch of track eighth graders in my classroom. And they were like, oh, that girl coached me last year. Oh, I know that boy. Or that's so-and-so's brother. He's really good. So they're seeing and hearing about the program coming up. Even kids that weren't into track got up and started cheering as our girls' um, SMR team was about to win their heat at Nationals. Kids that probably are never going to touch a track, at least they got that that moment and they saw like Courtney Dalkey come flying down the straightaway and pass somebody like, Oh my God, a North Andover kid's going to win nationals. I didn't tell them it was only a heat. They didn't have to know that, <laughs> but they're, 
they're seeing that success and that, oh, a kid from North Andover can go and do these things. How many kids do we have, boys or girls, um, since you guys have been involved that, you know, you're not going to have an exact number, but how many have gone on to actually compete in college? So I think that information might be posted on the website, but I, I, I think off the top of my head, it's anywhere from four to six to eight kids per year. Sure. Um, so like right now, we've got a number of boys who I know I've worked with who are planning to compete at the, high, at the next level you know, from this year's team. Uh, but every year, and, and you know, the, one of the goals also is not to burn them out. You know, right. There's a lot of kids who are from other programs who might lose interest, just like anything else. You do something too much, um, you lose interest. But I think one of our goals is for them to you know, look back fondly on those memories we created together and, and maybe the continued love of track, whether they do it at the next level or not. But we, we still got a high number of kids who are competing. Sure. The, the major question that you know comes to my mind right now is there is a culture. Um, I've seen the culture being built from scratch. But what amazes me, and it amazes me about culture in general, and to me, you only have real culture if you have sustainable culture. I look at your program as sustainable culture. How? How do you guys, how does that continue from year to year? I think a lot of it's the youth program. I think keeping the high schoolers involved, and then, like Steve mentioned, the freshmen and sophomores want to be those leaders. Um, I don't know if you want to talk about, I don't know what the number is, how many kids you get applying to be the leaders of the youth program mm -hmm. the juniors um but and just seeing that constant turnover and it's very easy for me to talk to the middle schoolers and say little things like you know there's only so many spots on a soccer team only so many spots on a basketball team at some point the numbers aren't going to be in your favor give this a shot and sometimes it's just the exposure sure it's just bringing them in and seeing hey this is what we're all about and all of a sudden they're hooked. I told a group of seventh graders the other day, just mentioning, hey, youth track signups are open. And some of you were looking at me like, there's no way. There's a plenty, there are plenty of people on the track program now who gave me that same look two, three, four years ago. Right. And now they're competing and succeeding. Steve? I think, you know, for me, all those things DJ said are absolutely true. I think one of the biggest things is the, the continuity in our staff. You know, again, it started with Bill Varney and, and him being a part of our youth program and now on our high school staff. is you know, He has just been such a great mentor and friend to me, and uh, I think both DJ and I have learned a lot from him and, and the structure and, and just that continuity, our coaching staff. I mean, it's second to none. I mean, it, it, when we were interviewed, you know, both, both of our teams won the state championship at the Relays, which is a big deal. It's a, it's a really sure. big meet to win. We won it on the same day. We only we did it one other time in the history of our program, but when we were interviewed by the you know the media outlet that does all of the track and field, that was one of the comments that the interviewer had. It was like, I can't believe how many coaches you have, and you know, and it's it's something again. It, it everything is connected, but it, because of that youth program and the continuity and the staff and everyone loving and caring for one another and, and our kids, I think we've been able to sustain the success and, and the culture for quite a while. You mentioned a lot in this podcast over the last 20 minutes or so in terms of mentoring. I keep hearing the word mentoring. 
Um, and I'll throw out that we engaged in a, uh, a new youth track program last year with the health department, which would be the younger of the kids that you're dealing with. I, I think uh, Demi and Sabrina Freilich, who we love, who's a product of your program. Um, I think they were mostly kind of, uh, three-year-olds, four-year-olds, five-year-olds, but it, it exposed them to... It was pretty funny to watch some of the videos of those kids running, um, similar to a soccer game. They all kind of ran in a line after each other. But, um, you know, I think the mentoring piece I'm hearing about is just another, would you say that the mentoring piece is obviously something that continues to sustain this great culture you guys have? Yeah, I think that's a fair statement. Okay. Um, in terms of, and again, we may, we may miss some people, but you guys got to give a shout out to, I mean, obviously you know what I think of you guys and Coach Delakai and, and Bill Varney and other people. Uh, who are some other people we need to give a shout out that are part of this staff that continue to follow your lead? Um, I would definitely like to shout out all the people that have helped me with the middle school cross-country program. Kelly Bishop, Michaela Blaney, Christina Minacucci, Peter Logan, uh, Danielle Reardon, Olivia Murphy, without them instilling in the kids that every success is a success, it doesn't matter if you're our top runner or our 121st runner, you're making improvements, you're setting goals, you're getting better at what you're doing. Uh, without them instilling that value in the kids, our, I don't think we'd have seen the success even at the middle school level that we're seeing. We would not see the carryover to the high school without, without that. Some of our top end runners don't run in high school because they're involved in other sports and that's fine. And then I see some of the kids that do come and when they mature as athletes, maybe they're becoming our top runners as 10th, 11th graders, as opposed to what they were when they were in sixth and seventh grade. And they're sticking with it because of, of all the help that we have in that program. Absolutely. Can add a few names so sure. on top of the DJ showing off with his age because I had to write mine down. <laughs> uh, but Dell. Uh, Bill Varney, I've mentioned, DJ, of course, uh, Andrea Van Horn, Jason Garenti, Connor Meehan, Mike Miller, Alan Baginski, Danny O'Connell, Billy Egan, Dan Wrigley, and, and Pete Marfione. Did I forget anybody? I think that's everything. <laughs> so that's our staff. I mean, sure. And that's, you know, we've got a lot of talented guys and girls who do other things, um, but we get together for two seasons a year. Marf's obviously the hockey coach in the, in the, the winter, but he helps us out in the spring. Um, so we're blessed to have a lot of guys and, guys and girls who care about each other and, and I, um, it's been awesome absolutely now this past Saturday our, our basketball team for the second year in a row uh, made it to the Sanga Center and you know we are a great sports town uh, as I was sitting in the stands at the Sangas, uh, we travel well North Andover people travel well to support all of our programs could you tell me in terms of track and field, and again, it's a little bit of a different animal. I'm not thinking you're having 3,000 people come to every meet, um, just the same as the basketball team doesn't have 3,000 people in December. Uh, but uh, in terms of community sport and let's start with school sport, from Dr. Gilligan to Chet Jackson to the athletic department, do you feel there's been a great support for what you're trying to do? I, I think, yeah. I mean, I think it's like anything, there's always room for improvement. And again, I said earlier today, we, we're not doing this for the, the attention. Um, but at the same time, I, I think like, you know, we use Twitter a lot. We use Instagram, anything that we tweet out. I mean, you know, we've been able to get a little bit more uh, traction through, you know, the, the administration at the high school and at the district. Um, I know that there's a lot of our student athletes who do other sports or other things. You know, a lot of students that are in the music program or sure. um, National Honor Society students. So they're doing other things besides track and getting recognized for, for being diverse and, and not just having, you know, not being one trick pony. Sure. Um, do you want to say something on that, DJ? No, I'm good. <laughs> um, in terms of um, 
we're all sounding obviously that everything is kumbaya or everything is really good but sometimes and even in sustaining culture there come roadblocks or maybe difficulties what are some things that you see that could affect the good culture or something that you've got to continue to fight uh, and obviously it isn't always just kumbaya Lynn. I think we still need to continue to identify with the students that family school track, but that doesn't mean that you're staying after to finish a test and then you can blow off practice, that type of thing. And we, our kids are really good. I can speak for the distance kids anyway. They're really good about showing up. Even if they're coming at 3.30, 3.45, okay, what's the run today? Right. And they're going off and they're doing it. Um, I think keeping that that priority list, but also holding them accountable that you're still a part of this program. I think that's really important. Yeah. The only thing I think I'd add to that would be with such a large number of kids, you know, again, we're talking what will be over 250 boys and girls for the spring. You've got a wide range of interest, you know, wide range of, of level of interest in the sport. Some of them might still be there because mom and dad told them to, or their coach told them to do it to stay in shape. Um, so you, you're dealing with a lot of different personalities and it's not a one size fits all fit all. So track isn't for everyone. Um, we like to think it's for most, but not for all. Uh, so I think that for me, because, you know, I speak for the coaches, I, I care so greatly for all of our boys and girls. And, and even though I'm the boys head coach, I work with our girls and boys. And it, it means, you know, it means the world to me that they get a great experience. And I still strive for that every day, and, and we, I've got a lot of room for improvement in that area. But, we, you know, you can't make an impact on everyone, and that's what bothers me the most. I think that's the, that's the thing I struggle with, the culture. I think it would be a lot, it would probably be a lot easier if we were back in the days of the 80s and 90s and we only had 50 student-athletes. We'd, we'd have a lot higher probability of making that impact that I like to make on the students. Sure. I mean, that's totally understandable. Um, as we always say here a lot, and a lot of our athletes have actually heard me say this, don't rest on your laurels. Uh, so my, I think we're using that time frame of the last 10 years. Um, what would you like to see in the growth of uh, the track program, not per se in numbers of participants, but more in the growth of the program so we can continue to sustain the great culture you guys have? That's a great question. I, I mean, I, I think we've got a nice recipe for success, but I mean, you ask any of the athletes that run for us or throw or jump for us, um, I might turn the page too quickly. So, you know, we'll get off a bus from a, a meet that happened this year, and I'm already thinking about the next week or the next year, and I, we're, we've got a really great senior high jumper and Andy Roby, who's going to be the guy who takes over for him? Like, who's that next guy or girl? So I think for us, it's, yeah, I think what we're doing is working, but it's constantly having those conversations, pushing each other to, to think a little bit outside the box. That's the pretty cool thing about track is that, you know, even though they may come because they were told to come or because they got cut from something else, I believe every boy and girl has a skill, whether it's long distance, short distance, jumping, throwing, maybe even it's being social and supportive, but everyone has a, an opportunity to make an impact on the, on the team and the culture. If we continue to push one another as a staff and as a, as a team, I think we're going to get the best out of everyone. And, and my hope is that that's enough to, you know, to sustain the success. Absolutely. DJ? No, I'd agree with what Steve said. I think uh, we do a good job in the smaller groups 
bringing the kids back after we get off the bus and we've already been told, hey, don't forget, we have Central next week. Um, I think we do a good job of, okay, here's what we did last week. Here's what we did last meet. Here's what we're looking to get accomplished the next few days. I think sometimes slowing things down a little bit and letting the kids reflect on what they've accomplished, um, it helps to then drive them to that next goal. Sure. Um, we only have a few minutes left, and I want to give you guys actually a final word, but I got I got one last question for you. Um, I'm a huge uh, senior day guy. Um, uh, obviously, my son's senior day, both in high school and college, were emotional days for my, my wife and I. Um, I literally watched senior days on YouTube, and uh, I'm probably crying on half of them. Uh, what was it like saying goodbye um, to this winter track. Let's talk about winter track. You, you know, your season's pretty much wrapped up with the exception, obviously, some more of the individual events maybe um, on the national scale. But um, what's it like saying goodbye to this group of seniors that have been with you for four years? Speaking of the distance kids, it's a little bittersweet because these are the kids that were in eighth grade at the middle school when I started. And I'll, the, the faces, as I mentioned earlier, like, nope, I'm never going to run and forget about running two miles. Are you kidding me? And they ter- developed themselves, a core group, especially on the boys' side, developed themselves into really strong runners. And to just see them develop from soccer players slash basketball slash whatever else they might do to putting the emphasis on running and for them to realize how good they could be, um, it, it's really bittersweet to see that group go and the leadership that they give. Um, I think I kind of undersold that with this group a little bit. Sorry, guys. Uh, and when they're gone, Bill Varney and I have been talking about, okay, what's it going to look like next year? We have we have a, a clearer view now that the winter season is over, but for a lot of the winter, we were wondering what's it going to look like. Sure. Steve? So I guess I, I haven't had those thoughts yet, Rick. We have our banquet next Wednesday. Correct. Um, but I most of our kids, thankfully, at least the senior group, they do outdoor track as well. I think it'll be a pretty emotional. We, we do a, it's, this is another piece I think that adds into our culture is they, that we do a really big barbecue at, believe it or not, my mom and dad's house in their backyard. Uh, it's over 100 to 150 kids, uh, probably about 40 to 50 parents. It's a, just a barbecue, and we have, you know, a, a two, three-hour um, barbecue slash awards, and, and that's probably where I'll be a, I'll be a, ball, uh, a mess uh, it's happened before, and this this group specifically. Talk about DJ. I remember talking about this 2019 group at that barbecue in front of the 2015 group, and because we had just finished our youth track program that that season, and I talked about this next group that was coming in was pretty special, and it was is for me. I remember like it was yesterday because the 15 team was one of the best teams we've had outdoors as far as accolades and and you know, our only outdoor state championship. So uh, this is going to be a tough one. This barbecue for for sure. Sure. Let me give you guys a quick final word. Anything that you either one of you want to maybe say to those aspiring young kids coming up or even some of the parents out there that may not know enough about the program. Don't uh, don't be afraid to try it. Don't be afraid. You might like it. It's like broccoli. (laughs) (laughs) Steve, what about you in a final word? I got to thank you, Rick, for giving us the opportunity to, you know, You've been a lifelong friend and a mentor to me, even though you're not that much older than me, but I've always looked up to you. Um, so thanks for the opportunity for us to come in and share this time with you. The, you know, I want to say thanks to my wife, Courtney, and my three children for giving me the opportunity to, you know, to extend our family to this you know, huge group of kids and, and their parents. Um, 
I, I just and obviously, hi mom. I want to say hi to mom. Uh, but other than that, I think for me, it's it's something that you know we've worked really hard to get to the place we are at. We're work. We're going to continue to work hard. Um, and it's all about family first. So, you know, that, that for me is the, is the secret sauce, you know, in the success of this program is that, you know, there truly is a family vibe, even though it's 250 large, it's a, I, I get a big kick out of, you know, kids feeling that and, and parents telling us that they feel it. So that's what I would end with. Well, I want to thank you guys for coming on. This is great. I wish you guys continued success with the uh, indoor track, outdoor track, and obviously the cross country program. Uh, I honestly believe this, and I'll say it again um, on record that uh, at this present time and over the last number of years that uh, I feel you guys have the best culture, and I want you not to rest on your laurels. Continue to do that. Continue to be a model for other sports teams to follow with you guys. So best of luck with that. Again, thanks, and uh, we're about to wrap up the podcast. I just want to announce a couple of upcoming ones. we have Demi Tetro coming on to talk about our Controlled Chaos Summer Programs 2019. Uh, we also have um, a group of people coming in to, uh, to talk about Understanding Our Differences program. Maureen Ryan and Heidi Watt is a great program they're doing within the school system. Uh, and then we're going to talk about why we have school resource officers. Cam Premis, uh, Chief Gray, and Will Enright are going to come in and we're going to talk about how that all started and what we're doing in that case right now and and many other topics to come. So I want to thank all of our listeners. Make sure you're checking us out on all the podcast sites and we've made it easier for now for you to also access it on our new Youth Center YouTube channel. So thanks again to Steve and DJ. And as we finish every podcast, we always say too much passion is not enough passion.